DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to take a minute and talk Pac-12 football. And PK, I want to go through and kind of uh, assess the teams here. Not assess the race, because that drives you nuts. And plus, we don't actually know who's going to play and who's not. So that alone will screw up the race. But I'm still interested in the teams that look good and are headed in the right direction and the teams that uh, are not looking good and are not headed in the right direction. And... It, you know, this year isn't real. Oh, it's funny. You know, <laughs> you don't come into the station anymore, but when you uh, when you used to come in the station and do your segment, which we, you know, we're not allowed to have any guests, you have to be a full-time employee to be in the station these days, and you can't have any part-timers in there, can't have someone like yourself in there. Uh, but Blake would always laugh. Blake, the floor director, would always laugh at all your takes, especially if you made fun of me. He always thought that was hilarious. And um, he said something the other day that totally made me think of you. He was watching college football, and he said, I mean, I watch it, but it's not real. And I was like, oh, there's a PK take. He's totally in line with this guy. And before I could even say anything, he goes, but why should I blame college football? None of this is real. The NBA was closest, and it wasn't very close. He was just totally blowing off all sports, just blowing off everyone. And, you know, baseball did the seven-inning games and the runner at second base and the DH in the National League and – you know, the neutral sites for the playoffs. So they made a ton of accommodations. College and pro football are, are switching games and bye weeks on the fly, moving, game, moving games to Monday afternoon and Sunday morning for the college and Monday afternoon for the pros. And uh, basketball went to the bubble. So it, it's all over the map, but he was just, he was just having none of it. You got to be a little proud of your guy. Uh, to an extent. Well, I'm talking about races being not the same but when you're in the moment and the game is being played i think it matters you step back from the implications of uh we're a game back in the college football with three to go and all that stuff that's where i have a problem and i agreed with when i was at the stadium at rice eccles on Saturday night, and it just wasn't the same. The thing that I like about going up to a stadium, you get there you know, a couple hours early, and they always have food, and you sit in the tables, and you just shoot the breeze with guys that you, know, you don't get to see all the time. You see them a little bit, the guys in the media, guys whether it be at Utah, BYU. You know, I'd go to BYU games, and I'd see Rondo Felberg would be walking through, and you'd start talking. So you see those types of guys that you don't normally see all the time. Uh, and then it, take, for instance, this past, past Saturday, you walked up, and you could tell, all right, it's just not the same yeah. atmosphere, and there's not as many people. The buzz wasn't there. Whatsoever, and then they had food for you, but they had it sitting at your uh, seat, and you're supposed to eat it. It was already placed in a tray. It was actually decent, nice burrito. I don't know who did it, but whoever did it, it was good. And you sat there, and then you you combine with the fact of the the world in which we we've, we've had layoffs. I didn't get to see Dirk Facer. Right, he wasn't there. I know. He's old, Mike Sorensen. I know. These guys, they're always there. Oh, you and Sorensen. They weren't there. Yeah, you and Sorensen go back to your like first year on the Ute beat. Yeah, and and they weren't there, and you know they've been laid off. And Mike's older, so he's just going to go in retirement. Dirk needs to work some more, but that throws it off. Gordon Monson wasn't there, so I don't get a chance to ta- chat with him. Then you got a couple of retirements, and Brad Rock and Craig Thorpe—they've stepped aside, and so it felt weird from the beginning. But the thing that I agreed with what Kyle said, and there were no fans there, obviously, 
And it was funny. They had on the scoreboard, they had the fan, the noise meter. And like, what are you putting the noise meter up there? <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody here. You know, I mean, it didn't seem to make any sense. But nevertheless, they did it, and we laughed the first time we saw it. What are you having the noise meter? Um, so, and it was it was more quiet. They didn't have the in-house uh, press box announcing. You know, like the, oh, they really? normally do. No. no, they had the and Tony Parks did the uh, outside one. If you could hear him, but they didn't have the inside one uh, that they normally had, so it was it was almost like library ish. <laughs> I started listening to music, uh, brought my headphones. Well, there wasn't anybody to talk to. Yeah, and, 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 you know who nailed it? It was Mark Harlan, the AD, and he sent out a tweet about uh, missing the fans, which is kind of his job. But he said the part that really resonated. You know, he's only been here a couple of years, but you still yeah. pick stuff up and. He said, when uh, Utah had the scoop and score, you know, the stadium should have been shaken. It should have been so loud. Oh, yeah, it would have been. Literally would have been. Yeah, it would have been chaos. I, yeah. You know, it would have been awesome. 10-10, okay, it's a reset on this game. All right, yeah, get yeah. the nerves out. Now it turns out the USC just went and won the game. But, uh, you know, that that those moments are missing. Sure. So here's the problem I have. I, I get the race thing. I mean, literally, they're not going to play the same number of games. It's the weirdest thing. And yet, it's not that there's no... Um, accountability or no repercussions to these games guys are still going to win jobs coaches are going to you know clay helps oh, exactly. three and oh uh and he could easily be one and two right now they didn't come very close to losing the utah game uh but they yeah. came close to losing the other two you know yeah. and, and if he goes four and three in a seven game season or if they only play five and he goes two and three or three and two he gets fired so it's true that these races are jacked up beyond belief no one should be debating that um, but at the same time, it's also true that there isn't anything writing on this. I think that um, if you look at Stanford, there's a coaching staff that you ought to cut a lot of slack because they've done a lot of winning at a place that hasn't done a lot of winning. But you don't get to lose forever either. you know. And Shaw, that's his alma mater, right? Isn't he a Stanford guy? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that probably buys him a little more time. And I don't think he should be fired at the end of this year. But at the same time, if they have a bad year, the clock is ticking, and that's two bad years. And the second one was a weird one, you know? No, I understand and that. And it's I Stanford, and it's a hard job. But, uh, you know, and I think we uh, – I don't know if we like David Shaw because we don't really know him. But I would say from a distance – I do. I, res- I love him. You'd, you've talked to him more, right? But I, but I respect him, right? You don't win the way they've won at Stanford by accident. This guy is really good because he beat other people who were good. And then he turned around and did it again. And then he turned around and did it again. So the clock's ticking on him, and I'd, I'd feel a little bad for him. Cause if, but you got to win. You know, It doesn't matter how good an interview you are and how good your teams are. When you stop winning, then they let you go. I agree. I agree. And so the, the games, the races are jacked up, but the games matter. And that's what Kyle was saying. He, he talked about not, not noticing the fans when the actual mm-hmm. game was going on. And that's where I was. When the plays were happening, I'm not looking over at the muss. Or right. the band, or the crazy lady. I'm looking at the field like I normally would. And you know what was funny? I actually found uh, at, at sitting way up high at night, it's hard to see the field as well. But Saturday night, it seems like it was illuminated a lot more. I, I think it was the reflection of the lights off the empty seats yeah. bouncing onto the field. Yep. My vision felt like it was much better. 
Mm-hmm. And I and I didn't always have to go and look at the replay to see, okay, what exactly happened because I was able to see it as it was happening live. So that was a side note. But anyway, I agree with what Kyle is saying, that when you're in the moment of the game, the game's the game. And that's the same thing that I felt with the NBA as I watched it. Same thing I felt with the uh, MLB. You know, when the Dodgers were doing their thing and they're down 3-1 and they came back and they won the series, that was legit, as it was with Denver. You know, especially because the players were doing exactly what they would be doing. You know, yeah. I, when Jamal Murray is celebrating when the Jet, when the Nuggets win and conversely, when Mitchell goes to the floor, when Conley's shot bounces out, that's the same emotion you would get if there was 18,000 people in the, in the arena. But so see, that was legit. But a lot of this also is, you know, the Dodgers and Rays both have a history, right? The Lakers had expectations. If it had been a Miami-Denver NBA Finals, I think people would have gone to the asterisk card hard. And I think as much as the races are jacked up, if it's USC-Oregon and they're both undefeated, even if one's 5-0 and one's 6-0 and or I don't know, whatever they end up playing, uh, because they're expected to win – It'll be treated one way. But can you imagine if it's Colorado-Washington? Now, Washington has a little credibility. They've had the coaching change, but they've got credibility built up. But Colorado doesn't. If some outlier like Oregon State were to pull this off, yikes. <laughs> that's well, what I don't you'll think see. that's going to happen. I don't think it is either. Uh, but Colorado's an outlier that could happen. I don't think it will, but it could. Eh, Colorado wasn't going to go winless, were they? And and how about this? No, who did Colorado beat the first game? Uh, was it UCLA? Yes, at home. Night game. And then their second game, who they beat? Stanford. Yes. And they took advantage of a bunch of turnovers. Stanford gets back a quarterback that didn't play in week one. And so the Colorado guys played in week one. Yeah, because Mills didn't play because it was a bogus test. A bogus result of the test. Yeah. So he's held out, obviously, in retrospect, for no reason. So right off the bat, can I say, well, wait a second. Because that game got close at the end there, and if that would have been his second game, would they still, would Colorado still have won? Now, I don't know. But the point being, it throws it into question. Uh, it throws it into question. I think that's where you back it up with other results. If Colorado comes out, looks good, and beats USC, then it's a pass. If they lose, and then they lose to the Utes, and they're two and two, then I think people do look at that other one and are like, "Yeah, that was uh, that was a little shady." You back it up with the other results. So let's uh, before we go to uh, before we run out of time here, uh, I'm just going to run through the teams and just a quick assessment of they're good, they're mediocre, they're bad. They're up from where I expected. They're down from where I expected. Um, let's start. Let's start with the team you love to hate, Arizona. They're not good. They're what I expected. Any surprises for you out of Arizona? Surprised they hung with SC for a while, but not surprised yes. they got worked by Washington. Well, yeah, that was more what I expected. expected. And they didn't look good at all on either side of the ball in that second game. ASU, a decent team. About who I expected off the one game I saw. I don't know that we know anything yet. Colorado, I'm stunned they're 2-0. and If you've only played one game, I think it's a big eye for incomplete. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Colorado with two games, eye for incomplete? You're not buying anything until you see SC? Well, the fact that they're 2-0 and for them, I mean, they don't care what the circumstances are. They're 2-0. and And, yeah, so no, I actually give, the, I give them a grade A. 
And then Utah gets an incomplete because they're on one game. If you've only played one game, I can't evaluate you whatsoever. On one game when you should have played three, no, that's not fair. Uh, UCLA, they are one and two. Still disappointing. Uh, Well, yeah, but I mean, Robinson uh, DTR, DRT, whatever it is, he didn't get to play. Because of the COVID situation. So I'm going to slap them. Now, they did play, and they just tripped all over themselves in the first half against Colorado. That sucked. Strong second half. Yeah. And then and they, they played then they, Oregon well. And they worked Cal. So maybe there's some hope. Maybe the arrows But out. how do you evaluate Cal? They haven't been practicing. They haven't, they, never, they haven't had a team meeting inside. And then you're supposed to look at them, and they go up to Oregon State and lose at the end there. And... They're are they going to be the team? Are they going to be the team that we give the biggest pass? Are they the one we're going to write the biggest check to at the end of the year? And just like, yeah, we're not holding you guys. We're not holding you guys accountable for that. Well, you could just say the reverse. They never lost with Garbers last year. They never win with Garbers this year. <laughs> That's true. That defense <laughs> didn't look so awesome. Uh, yeah, but I mean, especially against the Bruins. I mean, come on, man. But, but if you're not, if you're not practicing and you're not tackling isn't cal just navy let's flip the script off the byu navy game and go to utah in the pac-12 and say well how is cal any different than navy you're practicing with 12 people well they weren't really practicing all that time and they may not be alone we may end up putting the devils in that situation too and how about washington state how long is this going to last uh it seems like Teams don't miss three games. That you have a big outbreak and those guys miss two games. If if it's contact tracing, you might only miss one game. But if you have positive tests, the guys are on the shelf for 14 days, and that's where we okay. see all these schools missing two games. Utah. But did. hold on a second, because the teams that missed the two games, their contact tracing started before the season began. Now we're in the season. And so when does their contact tracing start? And what are the rules there as far as extending it? The teams that missed two games like Utah, well, it was before, so they were able to to use up some days while they're not in season. See what I'm saying? I think yeah, that's it could, different. It could end up being three weeks for some of these teams. We haven't – I don't think we've seen teams miss three games yet, but that doesn't mean that we won't. You know, Some of these other leagues have had buys built in, which is kind of kind of hidden as, as an impact. Um, you know, the, the, the Big Ten – the Mountain West, the Pac-12, no buys, you know. So, but Wisconsin missed two games, right? Wisconsin missed two, but then they were back mm-hmm. for the third. So, yeah, yeah, and then they get beat. So we're supposed to say that's legit. Is Oregon legit? They look shaky. Uh, I'll, I'll give them a, I'll give them legit, but I never thought they were a world beater anyway. They've had so many guys opt out. They've had so many guys opt out. They lost a lot of. They lost a lot of fire. They're a fine there. team. All right, DJ and PK, there's a little Pac-12 football for you, as much as we can figure out from parts of three weeks of the season. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, the voice of the Aggies, Scotty G, will join us. Football game, Thanksgiving night. Is it happening? 0-4 Lobos, 0-4 Aggies. Somebody ought to get a win. A little positivity for somebody. 
I guess a total downer for whoever loses if they play the game. We'll talk with him about that and his impending trip to South Carolina, or South Carolina, to South Dakota for a basketball game against, I don't know, it kind of changes by the hour. We'll talk with Scotty G next. Stay with us. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Zero Res. Put your best foot forward with a Zero Res cleaning before the holiday season. Clean in November, make a food donation to Zero Res, and they'll clean a fourth room for free. Forwards or backwards, Zero Res, it's the right way to clean. Call them at 801-288-9376. Time to welcome in the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. Scotty G, how are you? Hi, DJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm possibly better than you. Why you you, uh, you you're not jealous of a trip to South Dakota, which is like the COVID capital of the world right now? In late November, when the weather must be spectacular, I'm prepping for so many different games. I think I'm the Utah football team because I don't know who the opponent <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had South or uh, Wichita State all ready to go last night, and then. Uh, I get a text and say, "Oh nope, not gonna be them. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be VCU." So everything you prepared for, just throw it out the window. Yeah, all right. There's an hour of your life you're not getting back, or two, or three. How much time does it take to prep for a college basketball game, a non-conference game? Yeah, a couple hours. Yeah. All right, Scotty. We have multiple things to run through with you here. Uh, many involving Utah State, but not all. Is there any light you can shed on whether there's going to be a football game Thursday between the Lobos and the Aggies? Um, I think I would be, uh, I'd say seventy percent confident on that. Seventy seventy percent. It happens was, um, before the USC game. A lot of players are coming back, so they're taking some players off the COVID list. Andrew Peasley, the quarterback's one of them. So I would say there's a, a decent chance, uh, a better-than-average chance that that game will be played on Thursday. Okay, so better-than-average that it is played. Now, what are yeah. the odds the Aggies can win a pair of 0-4 teams? Uh, I'd say that if they're going to get a win, it's going to be this week. It's going to be on Thursday. Yeah. Okay, we didn't, we didn't need you for that, Scotty. <laughs> we, <laughs> we figured that out on our own. I mean, I, uh, New, Mex- I, look, New Mexico. <laughs> New Mexico. Number one is not good. Number two, they're dealing with uh, uh, you know a, a state government that really doesn't want them practicing, and frankly, doesn't want them playing at all. And uh, and so they're they've really really struggled. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna say Utah State's gonna win this game for no other reason than Craig Bowlerjack's calling the radio, and it's gonna be and Bowler's gonna bring that magic up, and then I'm gonna hear everybody. Can't what can't we call our games? You suck. So I, you know, I anticipate it's going to go that way. Bowlers one and zero, and you're zero and six. Yeah, I, I can yep. see it uh, because you've got uh, Air Force, who's two and two, and CSU, who's one and two, coming up. So yes, this does look like the best chance to win. So yeah. basketball, do I want to know why the tournament is in South Dakota? Well, it was the original. Um, 
that game that was in Bahamas, the university or that and, tournament and, in Bahamas that Utah is going right. to be a part of. I get. And then so they, yeah. and so they pack it up with like, well, we can't travel to the Bahamas, so let's put it in the place that we think will, at the time, will be the most remote place possible for no COVID to be a problem. And so they pack it up and they move it to South Dakota. And then uh, a month or so later, um, the virus is just shredding uh, the Dakotas. And uh, teams are dropping out. Teams are testing positive. And, uh, and here we are. So that's uh, as of last night, Utah State, I got a text from uh, one of their operation guys that said, we all tested negative, and uh, so we're good to play. So as of right now, we're good to go. But it wouldn't surprise me if I get a, off a plane tonight and I get a text that says, Every other team in the conference can't go or in the tournament can't go, and so grab a plane and head back home. So, assuming the tournament is played, what is the tournament schedule look like? When t- I mean, is there knockout play? Is there round robin play? When are the games? What are they? I mean, they're just making this up on the fly at this point, I assume. Well, it's it's tournaments. Every team's going to play three games, uh-huh. and so you're going to have, uh, but it is tournament style, so. You'll have uh, the winner will move on and play another winner, and then then you'll have a championship game. There'll be consolation rounds, and you know, second, you know, battle a game for a third place, a game for a fifth place. But how and do they, so everybody's going to play three games? Okay, but how do they do that when teams can't play? Well, uh, well, yeah. I mean, if if there's as of right now, they've got they've got six teams, so or eight teams, excuse me. They're ready to go with okay. the current format. All right, so, so but if team but if teams drop out, then yeah, you're right. I have no idea how it's gonna play out. Okay. Uh speaking of things and how they might play out, the um Utes are going to play either Washington on Saturday or ASU on Sunday. How much time when you talk to the Aggie coaches how much time does the average coaching staff need to prepare for a game? I mean, they got analysts have, to do stuff yeah. before it actually gets to the coaches in the week of. Yeah. Uh, I asked Gary Anderson this uh, specifically uh, before, uh, before he and the school parted ways, and he said, I need to feel even remotely comfortable. I need four days. Um. He goes, anything less than that is going to be a crapshoot, and I can't feel good about how, how we're going to play. He goes, physically, that's not a problem. It's just the classroom stuff. It's the install and all that other stuff that needs to go in into play. He goes, if you give me four days, i got a pretty good chance I can get my guys ready to go. He goes, but if you give me two or three days, uh, I don't feel comfortable at all about playing any of those games. So that's, that's coming from a former head coach. I'm sure there's other coaches out there that will say, you know what, just tell me where to show up and we'll be ready to go. But I've got to think, you've got to, you need at least four days for a proper install to be ready to play a major Division I college football game. When the college football uh, selection committee, the playoff committee, comes out with the rankings, where will BYU be? They're eighth in the media and coaches poll, but where do you think the selection committee is going to put them tonight? You know, I've been going back and forth on this. I think they'll be top ten, but I think it's going to be really tenuous as the next couple of weeks go on and BYU's not playing. 
You know, I'm not even – I know PK brought up style points, but I'm worried about – I'm not worried about style points. I'm worried about just being a non-story and just being away from the game of football for two weeks and being out of sight, out of mind, and other teams having impressive performances and leapfrogging, leapfrogging BYU. So I think they'll be top ten tonight, DJ, uh, but I think it's a pretty tenuous top ten over these next couple weeks. Miami at 7-1, Northwestern at 5-0 and seem obvious candidates to pass them. But I yeah. think Oregon at 3-0 and and Indiana at 4-1 and are underrated candidates to pass them. And I think the obvious thing to do is to play Cincinnati on the 5th when they're both off. But I just don't know what Cincinnati's motivation is. And I feel like it's some bad movie show right now. I don't know what their motivation is, Scotty. <laughs> Who are they trying to be? Well, they're trying to be the best team in a group of five because the best team in a group of five is guaranteed to be in. And I'm wondering what the gap is going to be between Cincinnati and undefeated Coastal Carolina and undefeated Marshall. And I'm thinking it's going to be pretty substantial. Cincinnati is playing three road games in four weeks around that bye week. So I assume if Cincinnati's playing BYU, they're going to demand a home game and say, listen, we're, we're not crazy enough to play four road games in a row and come out and see you guys. So... Again, let's go back to the motivation. If you're Cincinnati... Scotty, say it in a movie look, producer's voice. Come on. Let's hear the Scotty movie producer. What's, your, what's my motivation? Uh, no, honestly, though, if you're Cincinnati... I, and again, look, I want nothing more than to see that game. You want nothing more to see that game. The fans, the players want to see that game. Ah, but if you're the athletic director, do you want any part of that game if you're Cincinnati? No. Why would you play that? Because if you lose... You're dropping out of. You're not one of the top G5 teams anymore. You need to be undefeated. And frankly, BYU has a great chance of going, whether it's in Provo or Cincinnati, of winning that game. If I'm Cincinnati, I don't touch that game. I stay as far away from that game as I possibly can because I want my guaranteed million dollars, a millions of dollars, when I get that New Year's six spot. I mean, the motivation for BYU that makes sense. Um, but for Cincinnati, yeah, no, no, I don't want that game at all. Okay, I can make up more games that you're going to shoot down. Uh, Oklahoma and Iowa State are both on the 12th. BYU can get San Diego State to move to the 19th because San Diego State's not going to the Mountain West Conference title game now. Uh, you know, San Diego State, here's a little bit of cash. How about moving that game? Uh, maybe they can get Oklahoma or Iowa State. They would have to go there, and the motivation would be to get two Big 12 teams in to the New Year's Six Bowls, another quality win for a league that's kind of off the radar. But maybe they'll see that they're close, ballpark close, when the rankings come out. I just don't know that either one of those teams is going to want to play right before the Commerce Championship game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can shoot those down too. I mean, BYU is scary good. Everybody knows it. And they don't want to get saddled with a loss this late in the season to, to BYU. And so I just... I, I, I think Tom almost got his work cut out for him. I don't think he's going to be able to schedule another game. If he is, great. I will praise him, and I will, I will say nothing but good things about Tom Olmo. But I don't, I don't touch BYU if I'm another team right now. They're too good. Uh, they've got a quarterback that everybody wants to watch play. And so if you lose, uh, you're going to have a little egg on your face, and you don't want to have that this time of year when the margin of error of trying to get into that New Year's Six win especially in the middle of a pandemic when you desperately need all the extra money you can, you can't screw with that. And be you can make your life a living hell real quick. 
So then somebody out of the middle of the AAC or the Sun Belt when they're not playing, on, or Conference USA, when they're not playing on the championship weekend for a game on the 19th. It's not a quality opponent, but at least you're not out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And, and their and motivation the I, would be, okay, we'll come out to BYU because we're, you're writing a check. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that's important for BYU, too, because there's that recency bias. And you know that you know, voters out there have the attention span of a hummingbird. And so if they see something really cool or somebody does something really great, they're like, wow, well, you know, we got to bump them up in the ratings. What did BYU do? Oh, they didn't play. Well, all right, well, let's move them up. I mean, even if BYU's beating another Northern Alabama 62-14, to 14, that's still a score. That's still highlights running on SportsCenter. That's still uh, being out there and being relevant. Even if it's a nobody, if you're a top-10 team, you're on SportsCenter. You're getting highlights. Scott Van Pelt's talking about how great your quarterback is, and that and that matters. And with BYU going dark for a couple of weeks, I think that hurts. Scotty, you are an NFL guy, and so I am curious if on Thanksgiving you are excited to watch three and seven Washington play three and seven Dallas, because the winner, given the Eagles and Giants schedules down the stretch, if the former U Alex Smith takes Washington to Dallas and they win, they become unbelievably the favorite in the NFC East. Do you care if Alex, Alex Smith guides a 6-10 and 10 Washington team to the playoffs? That Alex Smith story is, I mean, it's so good. If you watch that E60 documentary, I mean, I mean that leg of his looked like something that might be on your table on Thursday, uh, Thursday afternoon. I mean, it was, it, it was. No, it was, no, no, no. You got that wrong, Scotty. That looks like something to be on your table Friday morning if you didn't put the turkey away. There you go. Exactly. I mean, it, it was horrific. And the fact that he's going out there and playing well, almost had the comfort behind win two weeks ago, had the win last week, uh, you can't help but not root for the guy. With that said, no a, or no NFC East team needs to, should be in the playoffs. They should lose their automatic spot in the playoffs. You should have another team from the NFC West. That should be the team that gets that spot. Uh, the NFC West has no business sending any, or NFC East has no business sending anybody to the playoffs. None. You know, you love the Broncos, and every time they show up on Channel Two, I get hate email because, of course, the network lets a weekend sportscaster in Salt Lake City pick the games. Makes perfect sense to me. But don't sell yourself short. You know, you're highly, <laughs> highly in the discussions on what games are being played on Sunday. If only. Uh, but I think your Broncos are getting a little. Well, first off, there are a lot of Bronco fans who watch games, so they stay on the air. And I think they they were on because they were playing Tua this past week. That that just like tipped the scales. There weren't a lot of great options. There was one other option. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, but it's Tua and it's the Broncos. They put them on. This week, you're getting Taysom Hill and the Saints. It's not a Channel 2 CBS game. It's a, it's a Fox game. So if it shows up, it'll be on Fox 13. I suspect it will, but we won't know till tomorrow. Uh, Saints and Broncos. Taysom played uh, a good game, but he didn't have to throw the ball down the field. Defense was, uh, was just giving up nine points. And so they had the lead. Uh, the ability to, as Dylan Colley said, throw the ball consistently to all three levels. Something Tom Brady's now struggling with, as we see when he pushes the ball downfield. Uh, are your Broncos going to beat Taysom and the Saints and ruin the story and just mess it up for a lot of BYU fans here who've got a real good vibe going with Taysom? 
thing with the Broncos is their issues are on offense. I mean, I, and I, I was a big Drew Locke fan coming into the season. I thought he might be the guy, but uh, it's starting to look like he's most definitely is not the guy. Uh, their issues are on the offensive side. Defensively, they're pretty good. They're not great, but they're pretty good, and uh, they might give Taysom some problems. And I know, Ace, what was uh, – I heard your interview uh, with Dylan Colley. What was the 18-23? Uh, yeah, yep. Um, but let's be honest, one of those, uh, Emmanuel Sanders had to almost stop and fair catch that ball. Uh, that came down. I mean, <laughs> that was awesome. It, it, it wasn't great. <laughs> it was beyond not great. It was bad. Yeah. It was a bad deep throw at a level you rarely see in the NFL. You don't see balls un- underthrown by that much. I don't know if no, it slipped it out of his hand or what, but you just don't see it. You know, other guys have balls slip out of their hands and you don't see it. Yeah. I mean, Jason Shelley was like, ooh, that looked rough. Oh, so, I mean, it wow. Was... Wow. You went there. Too soon? Too soon? <laughs> yeah, probably. So I do think that there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to try. I mean, even look at, uh, you know, even look at Baltimore and, and what and how defenses have tried to adapt to Lamar. Like it's defenses are are smart in the NFL. These guys have been doing it for decades, and they will figure you out pretty quick. You have evolved, and you have to be able to adapt. And it's going to happen from week to week. Vic Fangio's a smart defensive coach. I still think the Saints beat the Broncos because the Broncos aren't very good, uh, but. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Taysom evolves because these defenses, once the tape gets out on him, uh, they're going to be apt to try to slow him down and make him throw the ball down the field, and I'm not sure if he can do it on a consistent basis in the National Football League. Saints defense turned it around midseason. They've been very good. I've got them on my fantasy team. They should, uh, they should do well against Denver. Uh, and your reverence to Lamar, oh, yeah. the Ravens are 31st in passing in the NFL and taking his 6-4 and record into play the 10-0 Steelers on Thanksgiving. Uh, prime time, so there's something to look forward to. Okay, last thing, and then we let you go. Tom Brady, Bucks are seven and four. They're hosting the nine and one Chiefs. It's the afternoon game in the CBS doubleheader. I'm relatively sure that'll be on uh, Channel Two because it's the only CBS late game. It's going to the entire country. Literally everybody's getting it. So, is this it? The Bucks seven and five. Another loss. Tom Brady. It's the other side of the mountain. It was a great ride, but it's over. Thanks for playing. Uh, well, you know, if there's one thing we've seen, uh, we all react every week to Tom Brady because one week it'll be really bad and it's like he's done, and then the next week he comes out and throws for four touchdowns. We're like, oh, yeah, he's, he's still got it. Um, I think, he, look, I, I'm a huge Broncos fan. You know that. I watched that last year, Peyton Manning, and when it goes, it goes pretty quickly. Uh, Peyton Manning in 2013 was the NFL record holder in touchdown passes in a season, yards, broke every record, and two years later he couldn't throw a 15-yard out. Um, I mean, it, it, when you hit those 40s, it, that body betrays you pretty quickly, and we're starting to see that. And so, yeah, I think, I think the Bucks are done. I think Tom Brady's pretty much done. You'll see some flares, and you'll see some moments where, like, all right, he's back, but I just don't think he can do it consistently. Four losses are two to the Saints, one to the Rams, one to the Bears. They all have elite pass rushes. If you have an elite pass yeah. rush, you can beat them. If you don't, then the Bucks are 7-0. and That's a good point. I'm here for you, Scotty. And you're here for me. Thanks, right. for, thanks for coming on for a few minutes. Hey, whatever you need, DJ. Appreciate it. All right, Scotty G, filling you in. Aggies, Utes, Cougars, NFL. There it is. DJ and PK, when we come back, your feedback, stay with us.
And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ and PK, it is time for your feedback. Uh, there's a little jazz news. The Jazz have just lost another assistant coach, this time to the new coaching staff in Houston. Former NBA center, jazz assistant for four years, dishonored job. Gone. Followed in the footsteps of, I don't know, too, too many guys to mention. Johnny Bryant would be the big loss this offseason, right? But uh, we've seen... Are we coming up on half a dozen guys who've left the staff well, over Zach, the last... Zach Guthrie's also Zach Guthrie's gone. the most recent. And he's a fairly highly thought of guy, too. But I'm, I'm with you. Johnny Bryant, he's on the front yeah. part of the bench yeah. there. So that's that's uh, three this offseason, right? And uh, previously he lost an assistant coach to a head coaching job, and I'm leaving somebody out. It seems like I'm forgetting somebody else who took off. I mean, a certain amount of turnovers to be expected, but it seems like it's coming fast and furious now. All right, time for your feedback. We're hearing from Utes and from Cougars this morning. Um, Matt, just Matt, uh, reacting to the news from Kyle Winningham's press conference. Kyle says they're going to play either Washington on Saturday or at ASU on Sunday. Either way, the, either way, the Utes are going to be on the road this week. Uh, Matt, just Matt, says that's frustrating. Yes, Kyle said in his press conference, which we heard live at 8.30, that they are prepping for ASU because that is a scheduled game. They would like to know today, but they may not, uh, if they're going to have to switch and play Washington. It seems like at least the Washington game could be on Sunday so they could prep for it. But, no. I mean, they're going to have to travel Friday, so like to know today so they had Wednesday and Thursday to work with the players to get ready for the game. Or not. Kyle also said that Cam Rising is done for the year. Now, there's only a month left in the year, shoulder injury, so that's not particularly surprising. I'm sure a lot of you were kind of assuming that, looking at him on the sideline uh, during the game, but Kyle makes it official. So, uh, no Cam Rising. Uh, Jake Bentley will be the starting quarterback uh, for the rest of the year. I was discussing uh, good ownership and bad ownership, and I brought up the Washington football team, and Chad says, thanks for bringing up the Washington football team and the poor ownership by Snyder. I need more salt in that wound. Yeah, it's been kind of, it's been two pretty, uh, pretty difficult decades. Sucks to have a bad owner. Things running sideways. It's weird, the Alex Smith story, I was just talking about this with Scotty G. You know, the, their schedule isn't that hard down the stretch, and with Alex at quarterback, can they get to six wins? Because if they do, I think they win the division. I think six and ten, they'd be in. Worst record ever for a playoff team, but they would be in. Been a handful of teams with losing records. I think Seattle had a seven-win team. I think Cleveland had a four and five-win team in an expanded playoff uh, during a strike year or a lockout year, whatever it was, a year with a labor disturbance uh, back in the '80s. So it's a short list, but. So the, the NFC East champ is going to be on it. That, that's going to happen. Huge uh, Shasta Trailer, longtime listener who tweets at us, is now tweeting photos at us from a boat in the Keys. Uh, now this is how to be a slacker. Coffee, sun, warm, and DJ and PK on in the morning at 8 a.m. <laughs> Time difference. We're 8 to noon on the East Coast, people. Uh, wherever you go and wherever you have friends and family and wherever you move and your family or career takes you, uh, 1280thezone.com, online. We're everywhere, people. We're an evening show in parts of Europe. I mean, go figure. But if you're there and you need to keep track of the, the Jazz and the Utes and the Cougars... You will recall we had Chris Kimrani on from the Olympics a few years back. 
He called it 11 p.m. his time. And yeah. It was 7 a.m. our time. Uh, all right, DJ and PK. And a, uh, a shout out to uh, Andy Larson from the Trib, who uh, found over $100 in change and decided to give it away to somebody to help for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And uh, then started getting matches, and last I saw, he was over $45,000. <laughs> I would be scared to be in charge of $45,000. <laughs> I, would, I would screw that up somehow. I would be finding a partner agency <laughs> to help me distribute that money. That's just me. Andy's probably more responsible than me. That's probably, that's probably what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> Yaks looking at Yaks looking at me like TJ man. I just struggle to make sure that you wake up on time and get in the building. <laughs> Go ahead, Yak. Tell him how it is. <laughs> that is a big chunk of my morning right there. <laughs> All right, Andy. Well, good work. And, uh, you know, if you want to uh, help him out, Andy B Larson. If you look for Andy Larson on Twitter, you'll end up frustrated. But if you look for Andy B Larson, then then you'll be on it. All right, DJ and PK, we are out of time. We have Scotty and Hands coming up next, and we'll see you tomorrow.